What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. I'm Mike. With me is Kev, Josh, and Hound's play-by-play guy, Matt Geica. We're going to catch up with Matt to see how his preseason's going. We'll talk about some of the recent team happenings, preview the start of the USL season, and more. Let's go! Can you believe that, guys? No, I mean, that, that is no, the craziest sequence of events we've seen in, a, in quite a period of time. In the top right corner, gentlemen. Out to the middle, back to Matt, welcome back to the show, man. How's your off-season been? Oh, it's terrific, and it's always good to hear the intro. It's always a guaranteed shot of adrenaline for me to, <laughs> <laughs> to hear that. As you might imagine, sometimes I'm on the treadmill at the gym, and I'm like, yeah, come on. <laughs> uh, my, my only complaint, though, is that you guys have to get something from the Bob Lilly era on that uh, highlight reel at the start. So maybe a, a task before the season gets going, officially. <laughs> I know. We talked about that a little bit. Like, do we keep it? Do we get rid of it? I think I think we got to do some digging. we got two weeks now before the uh, before the Hounds kick off here. So, yeah, we'll definitely have to find some stuff. Um, what you been up to, man? We saw you at the, uh, at the charity event, but uh, what's been going on since then? Yeah, actually, I was wearing my Mongols jersey, if you will, earlier today. Nice. So I was trying to get in the mood here. But I don't know if people out there have seen, but I've been working for Robert Morris University again. I was there four years ago, and uh, I'm back. So I'm doing sports information and media relations for the men's hockey team and the women's lacrosse team, and just generally filling in with uh, the athletic department wherever they, they might need my time and talent. So off-season, it's more like on-season for me. And then once the hounds start, that's more like my <laughs> my calm season. So it's a little bit inverse of maybe what uh, what you guys are talking about. Sweet. <laughs> so, like, when you are preparing and kind of, like, getting ready for doing the commentary, do you, like, prepare the season by talking to the players? Uh, do you talk to the coach? Or do you kind of do more, like, just research without them? I'll do a lot of reading. Right now, I'm just starting to get into it now. We're in the, the playoffs here for the men's hockey team at RMU, so... We're getting down toward the end of the season, and um, I went and checked out my first preseason game live on Sunday in the, the snow globe that was Highmark Stadium. I saw the Hounds look pretty decent in beating uh, Lansing Ignite, and uh, well, I just walked into the door, and Steven Dos Santos scores a goal, so pretty good sign, nice. I think. So I've already seen him um, you know, put one in the, the back of the old onion bag, so that was cool. Uh, to answer your question more directly, though, once the season gets a little bit closer here, I think the, the week between the Toronto game and the and the start of the regular season, or the two weeks that are in between there, I'll get down to a training session. I'll talk to Bob, um, you know, do kind of like a formal interview. I'll probably end up writing something for Pittsburgh, uh, for Pittsburgh soccer now as well for, for John and the boys over there. Um, so um, I'll do a little double duty in that way. A lot of times that helps me prepare because you boil down uh, what was said into some of the important points and, uh, it, it tends to stick with me more if I do write something formally, but yeah, I'll talk to Bob. I'll talk to some players and, uh, and then I get it easy. I get off pretty lucky. I think this year because the hounds will play three in a row on the road. I get to watch them three times before I have to call a game. So I have a pretty good idea of what they're trying to do and what the shape is going to look like and, what the players look like, their tendencies. So I'm looking forward to that. It's going to be a nice little run up here to the home opener. That's a really good point. I keep forgetting that the hounds are going to be on the road for what'll feel like forever until they finally get home. Um, we asked a couple of Twitter- Okay. With that, after seeing the weather this weekend, I'm totally fine <laughs> yeah. with, the, with, with the home schedule. We, uh, before we get into some other stuff related to the hounds, we want to stay on sort of the announcer bit a little bit. Um, we asked some questions on, or we had some questions come in from Twitter, uh, at Jay Cross said, if you could interview any Pittsburgh athlete past or present, who would it be 
any sport. Good luck this season. Well, thanks for the, the uh, glad tidings there. I thought about this one today on my drive to and from work, and there's some great, obviously some great personalities out there. I think even if you look in the media sphere, a guy like Mike Lang or Myron Cope, a couple of heroes to me growing up, um, and one of them obviously, and Mike's still active and, and still with us. But in terms of athletes, um, I think about Mario Lemieux. I think about um, I think about Bill Cower, who had some triumph and, and tragedy on the sports side of things here in Pittsburgh. Uh, but I, I have to settle on Roberto Clemente because of what he did off the field, his completeness as a human being. And as I get older, I find myself less fascinated with maybe the X's and O's and more fascinated with who these athletes are as humans, as complete humans. And I'm not sure there was a more complete human in Pittsburgh sports history than Roberto Clemente. And uh, just to get inside of his head, we don't have a lot of video or a lot of uh, of audio of Roberto talking. So we, we have some highlights that we've all seen, but there's it was a different era. So we don't have a lot in terms of, of interviews to draw off of. So there'd be a good deal of mystery there. And I think that would appeal to me as well. You know, like today's athletes, your Ben Roethlisberger's, your Sidney Crosby's, um, Andrew McCutcheon's, they've been spoken to hundreds, thousands of times. So there's little mystery there. But uh, if you dig back into the past, half century ago, I think the great one would be a great place to start with that type of a question. You mentioned Mike Lang, and I know that uh, you sort of have your own, I won't call them like Lang-isms, but you have some some sayings <laughs> that you like to throw out there after some some goals go in. Um, you got anything you've been working on this offseason? Anything new for us? <laughs> yeah, I have some ones that I've been workshopping with the RMU hockey team, and I also call Peters Township uh, boys hockey on the high school level. In fact, I have a game tomorrow, Tuesday, coming up in the Penguins Cup playoffs. Yeah, that's obviously ripped off from Mike. I hope he doesn't mind. Uh, I'm not the first. I'm not the last to do it. But I always felt like as a viewer, as a listener, you get more excited for the goal because you know something's coming up that's going to make you laugh or maybe make you uh, chuckle or smile or, or even shake your head. So um, I get most of them from song lyrics or, or, or things that stick with me, phrases that I hear said. And um, I don't want to give away anything, but I want to work in some new material. And <laughs> so usually I'll dig into some music or maybe some movies. Uh, I think one that I remember saying on a Hounds broadcast really vividly is after Rob Vincent scores the PK goal against D.C. United. I said, if it bleeds, they can kill it, which is a reference to Predator, the movie. <laughs> that, that was like my, my favorite one. I felt like I nailed it in terms of the tone. I, I try to get it right. I don't want to make it very grandiose if it's uh, a meaningless goal or something like that. So, <laughs> uh, so, so yeah, look forward to that. If, uh, if you are a viewer or a listener or whatever you want to say, um, we're going to be back on ESPN plus. And as we saw um, earlier this week, the Hounds released their CW broadcast schedule. We'll have one home game on there. Unfortunately, we can't go on the road quite yet. Maybe the, the resources and the, uh, the situation isn't quite at that point, but uh, we will have one game on broadcast TV here in Pittsburgh during the regular season. That's awesome. Uh, one other question. Mike at OneCheck37 said, if you could travel anywhere in the world to watch a soccer match, where would it be? And he said, good luck this year. Can't wait to hear on ESPN Plus broadcast. Well, I thank you for that. Thank you for the question. And I'm a little biased in this regard. My uh, wife met a couple of friends in college who uh, live over in Europe. So uh, we've gone over there a couple of times. We've stayed with them a couple of times. And uh, the one... Um, friend or the one family that we know over there that we stay with lives in Dusseldorf, Germany, and he always hypes up the atmosphere at Schalke games in the Bundesliga. So 
I know that the Premiership gets all the hype or most of the hype. You have La Liga, you have Serie A, the list goes on and on. Uh, South American leagues look amazing. Um, the Mexican League, there are so many places you could go, but the uh, the atmosphere, the the videos that uh, Mark is his name shares with me from uh, from his uh, participation in the the Schalke fan group out there, the support group, um, it, it looks incredible. It's kind of like an arena indoor atmosphere almost. So I will say Schalke of the Bundesliga. Final answer. Awesome, nice. Um, so quickly pivoting to uh, some more of the Hounds information. So the Hounds just announced today that Bob Pompiani and Rich Walsh will be doing a weekly segment on the Hounds on their uh, on their show, Nightly Sports Call. So obviously this is a step in the right direction. We've been banging the drum here a lot about trying to get, you know, more coverage of uh, of the Hounds in, in the, you know, local news and local coverage. How do you think we can kind of continue that? And how do you think we can help to get the Hounds to be more mainstream in Pittsburgh? Well, winning will continue to do that, I think. And uh, I, I hate to just offer up a simplistic answer in that regard, but I know it from working with the, the Robert Morris team as well. I did this job four years ago. We won a lot more, and we got more attention. So uh, that's how it tends to go. And as you guys all know, Pittsburgh is such a crowded sports ecosystem. You have the Steelers. They're always going to get the attention. And the Penguins have become almost as big, if not bigger in some demographics, than the Steelers have. So you have those teams, and the Pirates are fighting for um, some oxygen even right now. So I, I sense there is an opportunity for the Riverhounds, no doubt, especially during the summer months when there's not much going on. Um, you know, if, if the Penguins are eliminated early, which, uh, well, it looks like they might be <laughs> this year, then you're looking at May, June, and, and most of July, where they're going to have the stage to themselves. So they get off to a hot start. They build on last year. I think they're in good position. And, and announcements like what we heard with the CW having an extended broadcast schedule this year with the nightly sports call and, and Bob and Rich uh, devoting some more time. I saw Andrew Stockey down there last year late as the, the playoffs approached. Chase Williams, a good friend of mine from Channel 11, also stopped by Highmark Stadium as the Hounds got ready for the postseason last fall. So winning is number one. Um, I think there is already some great momentum, though. Um, so it's going to come down to creative marketing, and I don't proclaim to have all the answers uh, when it comes to that. If I did, I would definitely offer them up to the hounds and say, hey, here's your magic bullet. But um, I think they've reached a nice turning point here, and it was the turnover of the roster last year, bringing in Bob Lilly. I think that got some people's attention, those who knew about the USL. And then once you win like they did last year, and, and once – they they get to that uh, midpoint of the season and it's it's a reality that they're much better than they have maybe ever been or at least going back to 2004. Um, so th they have that they have the stadium which continues to be maybe the the team's biggest selling point at this stage of the game. Maybe some more games against MLS competition. Nothing they can really control outside of the luck of the draw there in U.S. Open Cup and and taking care of business. So uh, there are a bunch of things, but. Um, I think in some ways the ship has already been turned around and uh, the job now will be to keep it on track. So uh, soccer as a sport is growing in America. Pittsburgh is getting younger. I believe it'd be hard to get older <laughs> when you look at the demographics, <laughs> um, to be quite honest. But I love the signings. I, I know we're going to get into that a little bit more in the future here. But Dos Santos, Valeski, that's exactly what the Hounds needed. Compared to last year, they needed some more technical skill on the finishing end. And we've seen that show up a little bit here in the preseason. But the base is going to be built around structure and defending. And I know Bob doesn't like to hear that all the time. He doesn't want to be considered a defensive coach. And I spoke to him before every home game last year and uh, a little bit away from that, too. And he always says, you know, I want to be great at both ends. And I believe him. But I know that uh, 
he emphasizes structure uh, first and foremost. He believes the offense comes from that, and in a lot of ways it does. Depending on the personnel, that'll depend uh, or, or that'll dictate the level of results you have at the attacking end. Um, but but overall, as much as you can tell from preseason, I think it's pretty promising. And they played all their games at home, so keep that in mind too. Difficult to tell. We'll have the true test coming up very soon. I'm excited to see them play another pro squad here in Toronto FC2 before the season gets going. Um, but in a lot of ways, weeks one and two will be works in progress, I would imagine, just uh, just based on how this league is and how early in the year the season starts. Yeah, I mean, so what, I guess, two questions here. Um, but I'll start with the kind of second one. What new players are you most excited about? I mean, you've mentioned Dos Santos already. Um, you've seen him in person, live. I mean, in the pictures, he looks like a unit like is he as big as he looks in the pictures and is is he one of the most you know players you're most excited about one of the new players you're most excited about yeah he's probably the 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 new player i'm most excited about but christian valeski has a great reputation in this league too Uh, i think dos santos is more that stereotypical prototypical big target that you can uh, aim crosses at and and uh, go after back lines with long balls and he, he can mix in some uh, some different uh looks for you and nothing against nico brett He's about my height. I think I'm six one, but I, I wouldn't stand out in a in a group of strikers. I know that much. Um, and and he's more of a on the ground type of a guy. Anyway, right. I don't care how tall he is, but that's just the the way his game is. So to add a Dos Santos, that's an element they didn't have last year. Yeah. I think that's the biggest hole they had in the roster in the off season. So that's why I'm excited about that because it gives them a chance to capitalize on some more chances, as we saw in the Bethlehem Steel playoff game. They had plenty of looks. They had 20 shots but uh, only got two and uh, only one in the 90 minutes of, of regular play. So that was an issue. After yesterday, uh, or Sunday, uh, this show's not going on Monday, but uh, we're recording this on a Monday. I saw Anthony Velarde in action, and a Division II guy like Tommy V last year, All-American, so we saw how that can work out. D2, there's a lot of good soccer played at that level. It's not all about D1 in, in college ball in this country. And Velarde showed some creativity, some feel um, at the attacking end. And the Hounds can always use a little bit more of that. And uh, Canardo Forbes really came on as a playmaker late last season. But uh, you could always use more in the midfield. And Tommy V is going to be more of that, that stopper type at the back end of the midfield. More, more of a holding guy, I think, than, than uh, a, a guy who plays ambitiously up the pitch. So Velarde, I think, is a really interesting add there. And, and then Caleb Smith uh, and, and Ryan James on the back line. I love Greenspan. I love Adewale for their size. But you need a compliment on the other side of Jordan Dover. And Rayleigh was okay. He didn't bring the the pace that Jordan Dover does last year. So there's another possible hole, if you want to call it that, that the the Hounds were were trying to fill there this offseason. So, yeah, I can go one at each position, one at each spot on the field, if you will. Yeah, no, I'm I'm really excited about Velarde myself. Um, Anyone who has... I don't know. I, I think whether this is me putting this on him or the entire community is putting on this, but he definitely seems like he is a creative player. He's brought in to create chances, and that was one of the big things that we kind of lacked last season. It, you, you mentioned a couple of them already, but it, do you have a player you're most excited about who's returning? Like, If there was one player maybe last season where you thought, you know, Lily slash the Hounds really needs to make sure this guy returns, obviously they all had the, the year extension or whatever, but what, what was the one player that was, I think, in, in your mind, the kind of most uh, integral part of, of this season? Yeah, a tough question. I think Canardo Forbes would probably win by a nose there in that category. He just came on late. He was like a point guard, running the show, field general, whatever cliche in sports you want to use there. 
and he could dictate the pace of a game. And we saw that late in the regular season when the Hounds got some really good results against strong competition, or even when they didn't, when they were right with FC Cincinnati for, what, 85 minutes. I hate to bring it up. That was a painful loss on Labor Day weekend. <laughs> but uh, that's one of them that stands out to me. So he doesn't have to always be playing fast pace. He doesn't always have to always be on his front foot. He can also be effective on his back foot and uh, maybe trigger a counterattack if he needs to. Just a smart player, and I love watching him. I like watching smart players no matter what the sport is. So uh, Forbes goes right in that category. But you talk about, Bob Lilly, you, you talk about a, a defensive side of the ball, and I wasn't sure if they were going to be able to bring back Joe Greenspan, but with his size, with his experience now in the, in the system, with his pedigree, I, I love the fact that they were able to, to uh, convince him to, uh, to come on back. And I, I like that there was mutual interest on both sides there. So Big Joe's a big part of this thing. And um, you lose Hugh Roberts over the offseason, so you lose some experience there. So I think you need to keep some guys who are used to playing for Bob and, uh, and have an idea of what he wants and, and can really anchor things back there. And then in goal, Kyle Morton is maybe the number three on the guy I'm, I'm excited about seeing back just because we didn't see a lot of him. And obviously the Hounds stuck with him. They think highly enough of his talents to stick with him through the knee injury last year. He made one save in regular season action <laughs> um, in three games. That was back when the Hounds were shutting everybody down in April that he played before he got hurt. What a uh, save it was, though. I, don't, I, I can't even remember what <laughs> I, I, I really don't remember. I'll have to look yeah, back at from last year, but that speaks highly to his ability and his potential. And I know they're not handing him the position, and Bob's been very clear about that, and I appreciate that. But hey, he's the only goalie under contract right now for for 2019. So I got to go with uh, with what's in front of me. Matt, put your fan hat on. Where do you think the Hounds finish this season? My fan hat is always done. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's what I try to bring to it, at least. The, the the critical eye, the objective eye, but also the fact that I really want the Hounds to win. Um, I think over-under, you could put them uh, at third in the East, and I, I'm optimistic on, on that end of it. I think that they could easily win the whole conference or, or come in second. Um, not to play the negative side of it, but since he's gone. So, see you later. <laughs> They're off to MLS. It'll be interesting to see how they handle that. And uh, that really creates an opening because I'm not sure there was a definitive number two last year in the regular season. Even though Louisville went on to win, as we all know, they've been so tough in the USL Cup playoffs back-to-back years. And Louisville's probably the team to beat, right, in that area. But um, I don't think the Hounds are that far behind, especially with the additions they've made. I think last year was a prove-it season for them. And now this year, they have an ability to build off of that. So not that the hard part is over because it's going to be even more difficult to refine their game even more. But at the same time, the hard part is over. You had to get this thing going after two or three seasons of uh, just drifting a bit as a franchise, whether it be leadership or, or players or um, you know, just raw results on the field. So um, now that the Hounds have shown they can win, they're going to have an easier and easier time in attracting these three agents and getting guys to come in and I think you saw that this offseason so I'm bullish on this year um you know I'm gonna go ahead and say two I think they finished behind Louisville I'll say they finished second in the east very nice very nice we love it and uh Matt we always love having you on but uh you know we don't want to bogart your time too much here so uh you know obviously thanks again for joining us we love having you on we can't wait to uh hear you back on the call you know at ESPN plus and on the CW and uh best of luck this season maybe we'll try to get you on here mid-season to get some thoughts on how things are shaking up 
Yeah, I would love to. Anytime. You guys are in my regular podcast rotation, like I said, at the gym, driving to work, at work when I'm trying to ignore everybody (laughs) in the world. So um, it's just really awesome. I think you guys, you talk about what do the hounds have to do to get more in the mainstream. Stuff like this podcast sure doesn't hurt. Uh, it, It gets a regular bit of content out there that's not created by the team either. I think that's important as well because people want to hear perspectives from outside the squad as in addition to, to inside so um that's important keep it up i think um you know if you guys are ever lacking for motivation just think about that think about the fact that i'm always listening every week and, and i'm sure you have your loyal fans who who reach out and it's just good to hear regular hounds talk wherever it might be so thanks for having me on and go hounds i'm fired up unfortunately we got to wait about six weeks before we see him in person in a game that, <laughs> oh, that matters but so uh, you know that's okay by then hopefully it's at least in the mid 40s by then <laughs> yeah. all right thanks matt have a great night man all right bye-bye god bye, bless guys. it's always great talking to matt i enjoyed yeah yeah indeed he's a good Sorry. dude I, I you 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 look like you froze again mike so that's why <laughs> it's pausing <laughs> it's all good maybe we can go for three times in this podcast that's That's the second that's right uh, let's see i was just sitting very very still sorry we were having some technical difficulties during the uh the interview and elsewhere um one of the (laughs) things that we talked about that i think now we have to do because matt mentioned it is new audio drops and i know that the the drops that are in the uh in the intro are from the miracle on the mon but I feel like, you know, we got to it's 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 a pivotal moment, but I feel can like we maybe compromise? we need to can we do uh, can we just uh, put some other flavors in there and keep some of the miracle maybe like one miracle on the mon drop in there? Maybe, maybe. Everybody you let know? us know what you think. Let us if if you think we should keep it, let us know. If you have a favorite drop or a favorite moment from last season, let us know and maybe we'll try to squeeze that clip in the intro as well. Um I feel like it, it's it's a it's an interesting and it's a touchy sort of topic because I think that the miracle on the mon was such a pivotal moment for so many people in this organization. But you know, at this point, it was how many years ago now, and we're we're trying to forge ahead. Is this something we sort of have to turn the page on? And don't forget your roots, though. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you, you gotta like keep a little bit of that history in there. But okay, uh, uh, maybe I'm in the minority here. No, I mean, no, it was no. Like some, we like, we can drop in like some audio from like one of the Lily interviews we did where he just says like we're gonna win a championship or something like that like that'd be, that'd be pretty nice or just like all the player because like I think most of them that we've had on this preseason have said at one point in the interview like we're here to win a championship so the whole thing could just be championship 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 auto tune and then just finish uh, up with Matt with his as he chops it down, <laughs> stands up to a mountain. That's right. That's right. <laughs> like it. All right. Um. So yeah. Again, huge thanks to Matt for stopping by. Uh, I know he mentioned he's sort of coming down with a cold and stuff. So, uh, you know, feel better, Matt. Um. Guys, Hounds got two more wins this weekend. We got a 1-0 win over Akron on Friday. Nazim Bartman scored at the 45th minute. He also picked up another goal in the two nothing win over Lansing Ignite on uh, Sunday along with Dos Santos. So, um, I, I mean, two more wins. Like, I don't really think there's, there's anything really we've talked, you know, almost ad nauseum about how much do the preseason games matter and, and for no other reason than to just sort of work stuff out. It sounds like Lily was saying that on Sunday, the defense looked 
um, as composed and sort of collected and cool as he had seen, which is a really good thing. But then he also lamented that we need to be better uh, with some of our last touches, our last passes, um, clinical and sort of that final third and connecting things, which is, you know, sort of what we saw last year. So here's hoping the guys can work it out a little bit this week um, prior to playing their last preseason game this upcoming weekend on Saturday against TFC2 at Highmark Stadium. The rest of the USL kicks off this weekend, so we sort of have to sit this one out. Guys, I guess anything you think that's worth noting about these two games before we dive into you know what's coming up here next week? Yeah, I mean, uh, one big thing there is on the Lansing and Knight win, that, that was a game without Nico Brett in at all the whole game. So, uh, you know, winning 2-0 and not having Nico in there is kind of a, a weird feeling for us. I feel like it's a, it's a weird dynamic to think that, oh, we don't have to rely on Nico for the goals? Oh, okay. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting because the Hounds signed uh, another midfielder today, another trialist, another trialist who came in, um, which when you look at the roster now, I think we have one keeper signed. I think we have five defenders three forwards and then it feels like like 16 midfielders we just got like tons of midfielders but when you look at those three forwards i keep expecting like ah we're gonna sign another forward but like we got brett we got DeSantos, we got valeski like that feels like a pretty good crop and if you're especially if you're gonna play one up top i mean you get those guys on rotation you know if you start to play two up top then you probably want one more forward um to sort of be there to to drop in but uh yeah no that's a good point no brett so, um, so yeah, as yeah, I'm, 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 I'm worried about the, the kind of, I don't know, historically we've had, we've had injury problems with goalkeepers. Um, but if we start to have similar problems with our forwards then I think we can get in a really bad situation, although I think it's also a tough sell, right? If you, if you already have Nico Brett, Dos Santos and Valeski on the books, all of whom have, you know, some level of pedigree in us soccer, um, you know, how do you make that pit? You know, it's you're, you're probably looking at some some player who just came out of college and is looking to kind of prove himself. You know, it's going to be tough to to attract someone big up front unless you're saying unless you're giving them the pitch. No, you are number one. Um, but but yeah, I mean, so it's it, that'll be interesting to see how they navigate that. Uh, but but we'll see where the rest of the signings come in for. Another thing to note is that on the game against Ignite. Uh, Greenspan came in and actually played some of that game, like uh, 20 minutes or some uh, of that game. So he uh, is uh, on the mid, it looks like. It looks like we we don't have to worry too much about him not being able to, you know, get better from his sprained shoulder or whatever it ended up being. So that's good to hear. Yeah, especially it sounded like, you know, at the time it was a pretty nasty scare and people were expecting the worst. So to see him back on the field is really, really good. Uh, gentlemen, this Saturday, as I mentioned, we have TFC2. Um, which it's a Canadian team. Obviously we're going to win. Um, but following <laughs> that match at six, the game is at two uh, following the match at 6 PM. Uh, there's a kickoff party uh, at Highmark. As I mentioned, they're going to have a kit reveal and they're going to do the inaugural hall of fame class is going to be announced as well, which is really, really cool. One of the interesting things is that um, I guess, you know, a lot of the players were getting their picture taken for promotional materials and things like that in the kits. Uh, and some of those pictures leaked online and, uh, we might have a new crest on some of the pictures. <laughs> Josh, you, you mentioned this. I guess the Steel Army is is all buzz about this. 
Oh, yeah, our Discord channel was all crazy about this. So, essentially, what's going on is uh, the Hounds themselves released some photos that showed, you know, the, the, the players getting their photos taken for this uh, kind of press event type thing. And it, it looked like they kept on covering up the logo. It's like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder why they're covering up the logo. Now, the the, the kit itself, the, the t uh, shirts look pretty much the same from last year. Uh, that Bumblebee look to them a little bit. I, it looks like they might be a little bit new with them like i couldn't tell if it faded out or not faded but you know how the lines got thicker uh and that kind of stuff i couldn't tell if it did that again or not um so it looked a little bit different but it was strange to see them covering up the logo so our automatic assumption was oh it's gonna be that logo they showed off already the 20 20 year anniversary logo but then a couple of the uh, the players were posting on their instagrams and they didn't cover it up but they were far enough away where you can't really tell what it is so you're kind of just getting like blocky images of it or really zoomed zoomed out images of the of the crest and it looked like the crest was in a different shape than what it is for the 20th anniversary logo so i don't think it's going to be the same it's hard it's hard to tell what it looks like might be a bridge in there somewhere i don't know uh but it looks like more of a, a traditional looking crest shape uh than the circle crest so yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I'm kind of excited to see what it looks like. I mean, e even if it's just like a one, like obviously it's probably gonna be like a one-off thing. We're like, oh, we're just doing it for this year. It's still kind of cool looking. Uh, it's cool to have something different. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Uh, and I'm excited that the fact that we we don't know what it is. So going in with uh, some some intrigue is kind of fun. Do you know if those posts are still up on Instagram from the players and? Do you know if anyone from the front office listens to this podcast? Because I'll be, fa <laughs> I'll be fascinated to see if those go down. Uh... I'm not naming names, and also uh, they're on stories, not on posts. So they're oh, okay. going to go away within 24 hours anyway. Okay. Uh, and honestly, they're all far away. Like, you can't tell what the heck it says or what it looks like. So I, I say no foul. <laughs> no one's to blame here. <laughs> no conspiracy. And then you're going to whisper silently. They, you can totally see them on Instagram. Uh, no, there's already people making mock-ups like maybe it's like this maybe it's like that Shh. so it's it's a uh, it's all fun and the speculation has begun and we're all excited for uh saturday's event so two things one i totally appreciate the commitment that brian james put into this photo shoot because he's wearing all the kit he's wearing the full kit and not only is he wearing the full kit his knee is taped up as well like he's ready to go out there and play so like that's that's dedication to the photo shoot two can i just say how amazing it is that and i shouldn't be like surprised by this but we as a fan base have gotten to the point where any little news about anything we just sort of salivate over and uh toughy if you're listening uh you definitely trolled us uh i think it was last week oh, by yeah. teasing that uh you know there were going to be two I forget the exact wording. It was something like these two are going to deliver. And there was yeah. an announcement at noon on, I think it was Friday. And then, uh, and then the announcement got pushed back to 1230. And at this point, everybody is freaking out. Cause they're like, Oh, you know, it, you even, he even put out something where it said like, Hey, whoever can guess, you know, what we're announcing is going to get an autographed game ball. So like everybody's into it. Oh, you know, what do I think? And, and you know, the announcement <laughs> was that there were two new trucks of toughies um for the construction business that had advertisements for the hounds on the side of the trucks which okay like it's cool but like <laughs> at this point in the season when everybody is just itching for any little piece of information any anything 
the fact that that's what came out, there was a moment where I was just like, oh man. But then I sort of stepped back and I was like, it's pretty amazing that this many people were so upset that <laughs> A, there was like this teased leak and B, the leak was like these two trucks. Like this is a pretty good place to be as a fan right now. Like there's actual excitement behind all of this. Yeah, I, uh, I think, compl- yeah, go ahead. Oh, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say complete dad joking us, uh, <laughs> trolling us. I mean, it was just like, oh, these two will deliver. You're like, oh, player <laughs> signings, who's it going to be? I wonder, is it MLS caliber, blah, blah, blah. And suddenly it's two freaking trucks. It's like, ah, you know what you're doing. You did that on purpose. Of course. That was that was hilarious in retrospect. But at the time, I'm like, I just spent like three hours of my day like speculating and trying to figure it out, not getting any work done because, of course, I'm not. And uh... <laughs> yeah, no, I, I think if it's like if we finished like 13th last season, then like I would like I think we would legitimately be upset about something oh. like this. <laughs> but I think like, but the fact that you know we are where we are, I think it's hilarious, and I think it's it's yeah, it's really funny, and and, and he can get away with it. Yeah, it's, it's just hilarious. the number of people that you could tell were sitting there just like refresh Twitter, refresh Twitter, refresh yeah. Twitter, and it was like oh two trucks, great, <laughs> super, uh, troll level activated, it's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That was great. I think the Steel Army tweeted like, "Dude, we skipped our lunch for this, man." Like, <laughs> uh, the Steel Army has that tough con, like where you know it's like yes. a tough con, the tough con. Like, we need a tough control. <laughs> yes, we do. <laughs> or just every level. Every time he tweets something out, just like put out a poll: Is Tuffy trolling us this time? <laughs> we love you, Tuffy. Just, he votes rough. like yes. Like, <laughs> yeah. He votes yes. <laughs> Ugh, man. Well, guys, okay, so the good news is the USL is back. Like, this this is sort of the last weekend for preseason games for most teams. The bad news is we obviously have another week of preseason um, just because we have a bye week, so we're going to play TFC2 next weekend. I wanted to ask you, you know, with the USL kicking off this week, sort of looking around the East, we talked about a couple of these teams. Um, you know, Justin, Laura Ellen did some interviews with some of these teams. Which one of these games, I'm going to run through the list of games just from the East, and I want your thoughts. Which game are you most paying attention to and why? I'm not saying watch, although if you want to watch it, super. I'm probably going to try to watch a few of these, but um, what's the one that you're sort of keeping an eye on the score for? So we have Red Bulls versus Swell Park, St. Louis versus Indy, North Carolina versus Louisville, Birmingham versus Beth Steele, Memphis versus Tampa, Atlanta versus Hartford, Charleston versus Ottawa and Nashville versus Loden. Josh, which one uh which one strikes your fancy there out of that deck? Uh I mean, we played Tampa first, right? That's our first game. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I kinda just want to watch that one, uh, just to get a feel for Tampa, see where they're at, see if they're, you know, a garbage pile this year, um, like last year. Uh, but other than that, uh, I, I kind of also want to see uh, a couple of the new teams just to see what they're looking like or, you know, just the style and that kind of stuff. So I definitely kind of want to check out – okay, not Loden because who cares about them. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like Hartford would be nice to check out. Uh, um, yeah, so just kind of check out the new the new blood. Uh, Memphis would be nice as well, so I can watch Tampa and see – uh, Memphis, so kind of get both of those uh, requirements filled. So that that's probably my main one: uh, Memphis versus Tampa. Kev, how about you? I want to see where Louisville's at. Um, I think 
you know, when we did the preview, um, I'm convinced that Nashville are going to be fine. Um, and when I say fine, I mean like legit contenders. Um, but obviously Louisville has the history and pedigree. I mean, what in the past four years, they finished no lower than second and, and you know, won last year. Um, but they lost, you know, they lost a leading goal scorer over the, over the winter. And, uh, yeah, I, I want to see, you know, if, if they limp to a, like a one nil or something, you know, that's, that's indication for me that, you know, maybe it's on and maybe this year they can kind of drop a little bit. Um, but if, you know, or you, even if they tie or lose, I mean, that's obviously a possibility as well with North Carolina. Um, uh, but now I'm, I'm pretty excited to see where Louisville's at. Yeah. I think of all the games, I think you guys picked the two that I would probably pay attention to Memphis versus Tampa, because I do want to see what Tampa's doing. And I think that that North Carolina Louisville game has a chance to be at least somewhat entertaining. I think, you know, we always talk about sort of how the season starts and most of the time it's difficult because, um, you have a lot of feeling out that goes on where it's not necessarily the best soccer. It's everybody just trying to get their feet under them on the field and league play. And so it'll be interesting to see sort of who comes out firing versus, you know, who is just sort of locking things down and trying to pick up some points early on while they try to understand what's going on. So, yeah, it'd definitely be uh, be interesting to watch. It also made that indie game because, uh, you know, we're hearing so much about indie and how they could be you know, a major threat this, this season. So seeing their game could also be interesting. Yeah. Yeah, against new slash old slash new St. Louis. So. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Exactly. So yeah, lots of good action to catch up on this weekend, even if you aren't, you know, even since the Hounds aren't playing um, in league play. So let us know what game you're going to watch. What, Kev, why why are you laughing at me? Why do you, why do you like pronounce league play? I don't know. I'm in a weird (laughs) mood tonight. I don't know what is going on. I'm all over the place. It makes for good content. That's all right. Does it? Keep keep going. Does it? I don't know if it does. Most ah. downloaded episode of the year. Not because of us. It's because of Matt Kaika. <laughs> Speaking, of, Kaika, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of good content, a new logo, huh? Uh, 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 look, uh. At, look at Josh forcing the transition. I was going to hang in this limbo for a little bit. That's fine. I was trying That's to help fine. you out. I, I was trying to give you a rope to get you I out of this hole. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, one of the cool things that we did this offseason, you know, we talked a little bit about um, new intro music. Uh, sort of the the six of us that make up the Mongols crew got together and uh, started a brainstorm. Well, you know, I guess the stickers last season were a huge hit. So basically, anybody that was on the full 90 and getting a sticker, all of our Patreon followers got stickers from us. Um, and so the sticker last year was basically the Mongols logo, and it said Mongols on it. We decided to get together and brainstorm a new design uh, for this year, and uh, we're pretty excited about it. And so I'm not going to, you know, reveal what it is. It's it's very different from the current logo, um, but still yet somewhat similar. So uh, you have to, you know, get yourself on the full 90 or be a Patreon follower, and you'll get one before. If you're a Patreon follower, we'll send you one before the season even starts. Well, I shouldn't say that. As soon as we get them, we'll send one to you. Um, but otherwise, if you want one, you got to get on the full 90 and uh, and score one from Liz, who's typically running that. 
something to keep in mind, we didn't change our logo. So even though this is a different look for the sticker, it doesn't mean we're changing our branding, our logo, or anything like that. This is just like a, a this year sticker. It's going to be a new design. The idea is like every year we'll have something new and fresh uh, for the design. It's just I don't want people to freak out and be like, this is what it changed to? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's more of a, uh, you know, a couple. And this actually, I mean, this came from the fans. A lot of people kept asking about, you know, what's the sticker going to look like next year? And there's sort of this like, Pokemon, gotta collect them all sort of thing going on here. So each year we're gonna come out with a new design and uh, and we'll share it with, you know, basically whoever whoever helps contribute in whatever way possible. So either on the full 90 or Patreon or, you know, whatever. We'll, we'll figure out ways to get you a sticker. Um, and, uh, and it's just a fun little thing that we're gonna keep doing. And if there are other things that you think that we should try doing, let us know, because we're, we're totally open to, to trying some new stuff. So um, just so you know, I know there was some snarking Mr. Polanski, when I said that I would be at the home opener, I got my tickets. The whole crew will be there. My whole family. We're coming down early. We're doing walking tacos since none of us have ever had walking tacos. And we're sitting in the supporter section. So uh, I will be there with stickers and uh, and and ready to have a blast. Um, so, yeah, really looking forward to it, even though it is like a month and a half away, which is a bummer. Um, we got a few more minutes here. Uh Kev, you were going to try to convince us that diving is a real is a good thing. But before we do that, um, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no. whoa, didn't say it was a good thing. But all right, keep going. Yeah, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep going. Um, real quick, so today it was announced that there are new rules that basically are going to be impacted across all of soccer. Um, not like, hey, you know, you can now play with your hands. It's not that kind of stuff. But there are some interesting rule changes that are going to be coming down the pipeline that are going to impact us. You know, one, I think, Josh, you mentioned is that players now, whenever they're getting subbed off, rather than ever always going back to the center line and subbing off there, they are to exit the field at the closest end line or sideline that they're at to help save time and then you don't have the situation where people are jogging all the way across the field and wasting time so there's a whole slew of these types of rules that are coming down the pipeline we just haven't had a chance to digest them all yet and we will talk about them all in an upcoming episode but uh yeah i mean josh you mentioned that one what are your thoughts on that rule change specifically I mean, that one specifically, I think, is interesting because it is trying to stop this whole time wasting of, you know, what players... It's kind of like the gamesmanship that you, you go through, the rigmarole of, you know, it's trying to slow the game down. And this is one of the classics like, oh, you have two subs left and there's 90 minutes, you know, you're going into extra time at the end of the game. Well, I guess I'll do my subs and they'll they'll slowly trot off and clap at the fans and try to get the, you know, cheering going so they can take their time and yeah, it's it. It will be interesting to see if this actually works or if it's going to just cause confusion. Like, oh, he's he's trying to go off one side, then he goes, oh wait, no, maybe I should go off on the other side. Oh, maybe I should go off on the other side. <laughs> like, look at the ref. Like, where do I go? So like, I got a feeling it's just going to be gamed in a different way. But uh, I like the spirit of this rule. They they also changed some other ones, but this one is uh one that I feel like is going to be the most cheesed uh, rule out of all of them. I, I'm just waiting for the first team to basically sub somebody off on the opposite side of the field, wait for the refs to lose track of them walking around the field, and they just like walk right back on the field. And now they got 12 <laughs> guys on the field, and you know they try to sneak one by like that. That'll because I mean right now it makes it easy because the refs are tracking one in, one out, and it's very straightforward. But if somebody's walking around the side of the field, you lose track of them. You got to watch the game. So uh, so yeah, we'll see. Kev, what do you think about this? 
I, I think, yeah, no, I, I agree with Josh. People are going to find ways to game this. I, I'll, I'll be kind of surprised if it actually has a legitimate effect on the game. I think what you're going to find is players are, are going to start to get a sense that a sub's about to happen. You'll, you, it, you know, it, if you're pretty sure it's you, you'll see people like run to the center circle and just like, like there's going to be so many arguments about the geometric properties of the field. Like, it's not <laughs> like you know, it, and they'll, yeah, they'll find ways. They'll, they'll clap the, fl- clap the fans like forever and be like, what? I'm just clapping for the, the I'm just appreciate, you know, and it's, it, yeah, they're, they're going to find their ways to get around it. I, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, it brings up, it brings up a, a kind of large debate of, Never mind. We'll, we'll get into we'll get, we'll get into that later. So, Kevin, tell us why diving is good. Um, diving is good. No, I, I, diving I would say is not as vilified as as I think. If people were honest about it, okay. So, so diving a player dives to tr- to try to gain an undeserved advantage over the referee for their team. Can, can, is that a fair? Do yeah. we agree on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're trying to pull. They're trying to pull a fast one. They're trying they're, to. They're no get... longer playing the other team. They're playing the referee. But yes, continue. So, so my argument is that happens in a lot of other places around the field. Every I, I, next time, you know, two players go in for a challenge, and it, you know, and it goes out for a throw in. Well, I mean, both players raise their hand to claim for it's their throw, and they look at the referee. I would say 90% of the time the players know. And still you get you get an entire team or players raising their hand say it's ours it's ours. In principle that's the same thing. You're trying to gain an undeserved advantage over the referee for the benefit of your team. In principle it's the same exact thing as diving and trying to get a uh, trying to get a penalty. So if you're saying diving shouldn't be allowed and people it's a disgrace and people and players should never do it and and you know they're, they're terrible characters and little kids look up to them, you know, then you should be angry when players try to claim for throw-ins that aren't theirs or fouls that aren't theirs or anything like that. I am. <laughs> All right, fine, sure. <laughs> then, they, like, that's, you know, fair enough. I, I think the one argument, though, is that the, it's because of the fact that when a player simulates that they're injured, it takes up so much of the clock. Whereas when both players raise their hand and say it's my ball, the the ref just goes, no, it's his, and that's it. And it's like super fast. It doesn't really change much in the game. It doesn't really, it, it doesn't seem to have a time wasting effect. Whereas when a player simulates that they've been injured, they're they're hamming it up. They're making a show of it a little bit more. It's it's much more distracting and it's much more wasting of everyone's time. And I feel like that's that's honestly the bigger issue. Like, for example, I don't have as much of an issue. Like, when two players go in for a challenge and one fouls the other one, and the player who got fouled, you know, falls when he doesn't have to fall or, you, you know, puts his hands up to his face and kind of, like, sits there like, ow, I'm really hurt. Like, there was a foul, and I feel like a lot of times that, that to me, is less egregious and it's a little bit more understandable because if he doesn't fall – Maybe the ref doesn't call that foul, so he he's bringing the foul to the attention of the ref. That's fine, like I, I'm I'm fine with that. That's that's borderline simulation, but it's more tactically sound in my mind. It's like there is a foul, so you're just making a more bigger show of it to draw notice to that foul and make sure the ref saw it. But if it's just a complete simulation and it's just wasting everyone's time, that's when I have a problem. 
I don't know. I, I would argue that it's it probably doesn't waste the time because if if it's simulation and it doesn't get called, then obviously no time is wasted. The players just lay on the floor and the game continues around them. If it's a simulation and it gets called, the the, the player's going to stop anyway. And you know, it's I, I would argue then that the time between you know the foul normally taking place and and then the foul taking place with the player that is acting injured probably doesn't add that much more time on the clock well it also is interesting because now you're, you're bringing in another factor which is the fact that we're being much more conscientious about the player's safety um than we have been in the past so if a player puts his hands to his head like he's got hit in the head in yeah but a uh, lot of rules now we're sure. talking about we have to stop the clock we have to not stop the clock we have to stop play and check them for you know a concussion i get yeah now i'm, I'm with you on that but yeah. i guess i'm in the specific example of of uh, mike sparks is a striker for a sunday league team and Don't he's classic he's, sparks he's, he's driving <laughs> he's driving in the box he sees a defender's leg out. He touches the ball past him, and he dives over the leg. I would never do that. Just for the <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Ever. Um, I, I, that that specific example. Yeah. If, if there's a 50-50 in the middle of the field, and someone goes down, what? I mean, I would. That's a different thing. But but specifically, you're in the penalty box. You exaggerate to try to win a penalty for your team. Um, I, I in my experience, what I've seen through commentators or other fans, I think there's general. There's this general feeling of it's a disgrace when a player does that. And simultaneously, they look at the continued act of this happening in other parts of the, of the field, like trying to claim for a foul or throw-in, um, and not saying the same thing. And I just think fundamentally that's not consistent. Look, this isn't... <laughs> This isn't Broadway. We can wrap this up, by the way, because this was not meant I'm to go saying, on. No, no, like, look, this isn't Broadway, okay? Like, these are grown men and women who are out there flailing around. And, like, just play the game. Like, the fact... That's fine. As long as you're this upset about it, when one of our players tries to claim for a throw and when, it, when, the, when it's clear and obvious from everyone in the stadium... That yeah. it's definitely not our Look, because there's there's two games that goes on that go on here. There's the game on the field, and there's the game of trying to game the ref. Like I would say they're the same game. No, they're different games. You don't I would show. Say the same you don't game. go into training every week learning how to game the ref. You go in learning how to beat the other team. If that's the case, you're stripping away a major part of the culture of a lot of <laughs> national soccer identities around the world. I don't want to say this. I, I mean, I, I don't. I don't. I kind of agree with Kevin a little bit. I, I know <laughs> it hurts to say it, but there, can we there put is... that in the intro? Can we do that sound <laughs> no, <laughs> but uh, like I get what you're saying that that part of the game is also playing against the officials and and using those advantages. I I still want to bring it back to making light of something serious as as you know a player actually being endangered is what irks me the most. It's it's you know, both of them calling for the 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 throw in is one thing. That, that there's no harm, but to like pretend to be hurt to me makes light of the fact that that is a real situation where it could be. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. There's there's almost no uh honor in that comparably. <laughs> it's like really you're just going to pretend like you just got you know, shot in the leg when nothing happened. Like I didn't actually endanger your, your life. Like you're pretending that that is annoying. And it's just so, 
Uh, yeah, yeah, frustrating. That, that's fine, but now you're introducing the gray area because you also just admitted that... The whole thing is a gray area. Absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. But uh, but, but now you're making a, a, you know, a clear identification of a gray area because you, you previous, previously just said that you think it's fine to let the ref know when you've been fouled. By... Wait, by falling. Like, falling to me is not the same thing as rolling around like Neymar. Like, exactly. there's, there's a difference. But like, there's it... a gray area there. Because obviously, like, a lot of the times when you've been fouled, the foul probably isn't enough for you to go on the ground. But you're going to go on the ground to show the ref that you've been fouled or whatever like yeah. that. Like, and th- that's my thing. Like, I don't even like it when players, like, roll around after they, they fall on the ground at all. Like, if they rock back and forth. I'm like, if you're hurt, moving is bad. Yeah. Like, you don't want to, like strain the energy or uh injury even more by like flopping around like no like you stand still like you're like nope i'm hurt i'm not moving putting my hand up being like hey bring help (laughs) like as soon as a player starts rolling i'm like oh he's not hurt like obviously if he was hurt he wouldn't be rolling around and all of this calls into the question that we can have on on another another podcast or whatever but there is something to be said about the whole fanfare of it because there's something when i see an opposition player do that something in me just like gets fired up and like in a weird way i'm more engaged <laughs> and passionate with the game and i start like yelling at them and everything like that's part of it right like that's part of being a fan this is all I've interesting seen it go the other way though i've seen it go the other way where a i remember uh forget what player it was but i was at a crew game and one of our players completely hammed it up and like you could tell he was faking it and like our fans actually started to boo him <laughs> like shocking. get up wow. like come on it's like don't don't do that i was obviously that, yeah oh oh yeah it was like it was kind of interesting because like at first like we we're all like hey you just got hurt but then we could totally tell it's like uh dude this isn't cool get up and like the the fans actually got like irksome towards him <laughs> i was like woo, man <laughs> that's crazy yeah. Wrap know. wrap this up, Mike. Don't I, let us continue yeah. talking about okay. this. Okay. Yeah, we're just we're gonna we're gonna end it there. I'll just Yeah. Just look. <laughs> if you get fouled, you got fouled. Like it's not uh, uh, okay. Alright, here we go. Hey Mike, don't <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for our buddy Matt Geica for coming on the show. Um Yeah. Can't wait to hear him back in the booth. Always great to have him on. And like I said, we'll try to get him on here mid-season. Thanks to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USO, and U.S. Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. If you're, for, uh, if you're looking for more great Riverhounds news, head over to bgn.fm. Click on the Hounds logo. There you'll find stuff that we post, stuff that others at BGN are writing about the Hounds, Eastern Conference, link to some merch, all that. You can follow us on Twitter at Mongols. Email us at mongols at bgn.fm. We're at mongolspod on Instagram. Head over to iTunes, subscribe to the show, leave us a review. Otherwise, let us know what you thought about this one. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later.